Our Lady of Grace homilies are brought to you by a generous parishioner who encourages you to join in prayer for mission churches worldwide. Explore the Frontiers of Faith podcast for further insights into these missions. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. On leaving the synagogue, Jesus entered the house of Simon and Andrew with James and John. Simon's mother-in-law lay sick with a fever. They immediately told him about her. He approached, grasped her hand, and helped her up. Then the fever left her, and she waited on them. When it was evening, after sunset, they brought to him all who were ill or possessed by demons. The whole town was gathered at the door. He cured many who were sick with various diseases, and he drove out many demons, not permitting them to speak because they knew him. Rising very early before dawn, he left and went off to a deserted place where he prayed. Simon and those who were with him pursued him, and on finding him said, Everyone is looking for you. He told them, Let us go to the nearby villages, that I may preach there also. For this purpose have I come. So he went into their synagogues, preaching and driving out demons throughout the whole of Galilee. The Gospel of the Lord. Here in the Gospel of Mark, we're at the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry, and he has become an overnight sensation. The news of the powerful preaching of our Lord and the exorcism that he performed in the synagogue and the healings that he had done miraculously, all that news had spread throughout Capernaum, the town where he was. And Mark tells us today that the whole town was gathered at the door. The whole town had come to the place where he was staying because everyone wanted to see him. Everyone wanted to reveal the suffering of their heart to him. Everyone wanted to hear him speak. They wanted to open their souls to receive his teaching. So Jesus was wildly popular. But notice how Jesus reacts to that popularity. The next day, very early, he sneaks away to be alone, to pray, to be with his father. And Peter frantically goes looking for him, and he finds him. He says, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. You have no idea how much they love you. Come back. Spend another day teaching them, healing them. You'll win them all over. You'll be the best thing in their entire life. They might even make you their king. And Jesus' reaction to the popularity is, no. This isn't. Let us go. Let us go to the nearby villages and preach there also. For this purpose, I have come. Now, we learn a couple things from that response. First, we learn very beautifully that what motivates Jesus is not his personal glory. What motivates him is not the opinion of other people. How different that is from us, right? A lot of what we do is for our own glory, and a lot of what we do is to win the esteem of others. But Jesus, he speaks the truth of God, whether it's going to be received positively or negatively. What motivates our Lord is the mission that his father gave him, and he wasn't going to be distracted from it. For this purpose, I have come. The second thing that we see here, and it's something that's really easy to miss, and I think it's really important and impactful is that Jesus says, let's go on. I have a mission and I have to keep doing that elsewhere. And the reason that Jesus was able to move on 
what we can read into it is that his mission had been accomplished in Capernaum. As soon as he heard Peter tell him, everyone is looking for you. That was it. Mission accomplished. Jesus' goal was not to take away all of the suffering of the people there. His goal was not to make their life easy. No, his goal was to give people just a taste of his presence so that they would hunger and search for him for the rest of their lives. That was the mission. A number of years ago, there was a fantastic documentary that was released called Free Solo. If you have Disney+, Plus, you should watch it. It's still on there. And it's a story of a professional rock climber named Alex Honnold. And it was his goal to do a free solo climb, which means doing a climb with no ropes and no harnesses up El Capitan, which is one of the hardest climbs in the entire world. And the documentary gets into a little bit of Alex's childhood. And he was an incredibly shy and awkward kid. He admits that with a grin. And he really didn't have any friends growing up. And so he got into rock climbing because it was a sport that he could do alone. But that became something amazing for him. The very first time that he went rock climbing, a a switch flipped in his head. He fell in love with it. And it led to this hunger to keep climbing, to keep going back to the gym in order to get better and better and better. And that hunger led him to become one of the best rock climbers in the entire world. In that documentary, they they interview his girlfriend and she's asked if she was worried about the possibility of Alex dying on this free solo climb on El Capitan. And and she said, well, yeah, of course. But then she she said, but I'm more worried that he would die inside if he never achieved that goal, if he never tried. She said he would always feel incomplete if he didn't try it. And I think that, that is a perfect image for what Jesus is talking about here. What Jesus wants to do is implant in us this deep hunger, this deep sense of incompletion, so that we will search for God so that we'll strive for holiness, so that we'll strive for heaven. That's the mission of Christ. Today, we're we're celebrating the fifth Sunday in ordinary time, but we're also doing our missionary campaign weekend. And and yeah, that means I'm going to ask you for money, and that's why I'm up here. But it would be absurd for me to ask you for money if I didn't tell you why it matters. And your your financial support of Our Lady of Grace matters because this parish is the place where we encounter Jesus. And it's the place where our Lord reaches into each one of our lives and he creates that hunger in our hearts. It's a place that he reaches into our lives And he creates that deep sense of incompletion so that we will seek after him and reach heaven. 
And we live in we live in a culture right now that tells us again and again in different ways that faith is dying. And our culture would tell us that one day all the pews of this church are going to be empty and we're going to have to close it down. And I think a lot of people believe that. And because people believe that, they look at their parishes all across the country and they treat their parish as if it were a terminal cancer patient. And the goal that they have with their parish is just to enjoy it for the time that they have left, to make the most of it until it dies, to maintain things until there's nothing left. And so, so many people hope, just hope, (laughs) that their parish stays open long enough so that they can have their funeral there. Or so many people hope that their parish stays open long enough so that their kids can have their first communion there, or their kids can be confirmed there, or their kids can have their wedding there. And then, okay, fine, it can die after that. And how miserable a perspective that is, right? But it's so common. But listen, that's not what you see here. Our Lady of Grace does not have a terminal illness. This parish is alive. And this parish is growing remarkably. So what you see in this parish is a parish that's full of children. You see a parish that loves those children, even if they make noise. You normally don't have to deal with that at 730 Mass. You see a parish that shows the young people here the joy of the faith. Think of the celebrations that we have around here. Think of Corpus Christi and all of the joy of the celebration that happens after that procession. If you're ever here in the morning, especially after the nine o'clock mass for coffee and donuts, think of all the kids that run down there and eat a ton of sugar and then wail on each other in the corner of the room. Think of the, the movie night that we had for families a couple of evenings ago. See, this parish teaches children that being Catholic makes life good. And what that does is that when they grow up, They're going to hunger for that so that when they have families, they'll practice the faith with their family. When you look around, you see a parish in which parents know that they're not alone. They're surrounded by other parents who are are going through the hard work of trying to teach their children the faith. And those parents are given this deep hunger to continue to be encouraged by other believers. And so they keep coming back with their families. You look around here and you see a parish that forms the youth who are here through the amazing youth ministry programs that we have, through the incredible school that we have. And that formation instills in the hearts of young people here an identity, that they are loved by God, that they belong to Jesus, and that their life has a purpose. And that identity gives them a rich joy and a peace that they are going to hunger for when they leave this place in the future. And because they hunger for it, their faith is going to endure. And even if they fall away for a time, they're going to know where they need to go, where they have to return in order to find that joy and that peace again. You look around and you see in this parish a place in which people find meaning in their life. Think of all the people who are participating right now in Magnify 90 and Exodus 90. They're seeing how their lives are transformed. They're finding the joy of converting and living for Christ as a disciple. 
And that leads to this hunger to keep on going in their faith, to keep deepening in their relationship with God. You look at this parish and you see people who are experiencing the healing work of God and his grace in their souls. I hear so many stories of how God has healed the hearts of our parishioners, especially through adoration and confession, two practices that are increasing rapidly here. And that healing creates a hunger for God in people's souls. People are seeing and realizing that he alone can satisfy their longings. And so they keep coming back. It takes a lot to create an environment like this. And so that's why we take one weekend a year, one weekend a year, in order to invite you to be partners in the mission of Our Lady of Grace. And we're doing that two ways today. We want to invite you to support all of the things that God is doing here by supporting your parish. And today I'm inviting you to consider making a financial commitment through regular offertory gifts, or maybe increasing your financial commitment to our regular offertory. It's really not a flashy thing to give to, but Our regular offertory is the foundation of the work that we're doing here. And if we can count on your support for that, then we can spend more of our time and our resources cooperating with what the Lord is doing. The second thing that I'm asking you to do is I'm asking you to support our diocese through the Catholic Ministries Appeal. If it wasn't for the work that's happening in the parishes of our diocese, the diocese and its structure wouldn't exist. But by the same token, if it wasn't for the diocese, our parish wouldn't be here. The diocese is what sends priests to our parish. The diocese is what connects us with the spiritual authority of our bishop. The diocese connects us to the grace of the sacraments. The diocese connects us to the universal Catholic Church. The diocese forms the priests of the future. If you gave to the, to the CMA last year, you were paying for Father Andrew's seminary formation. If you gave to it eight years ago, you were paying for Father Cody's seminary formation. If you gave to it 12 years ago, you were paying for my seminary formation. You're investing in the future of your parish by giving to this. The CMA is the way that we care for the needs of the bishop, and we make sure that our parish has a future. We're going to share more practical information with you at the end of Mass about these two things that we're asking for. But for now, again, I want you to hear the why that's behind these appeals. We're inviting you to partner with us because your support creates a place where God can reach into our lives and where he can create a deep hunger within us that will draw us closer and closer to himself.